0: Hey, Colossians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, I want to preach. I'm still in my serious pressure, getting ready to respond, and I want to preach on this subject today. Give in or dive in. Give in or dive in. Now, today's sermon applies to everyone, but it's Father's Day. If you're here today and you're a father, listen closely. You need to know that you are the spiritual leader of your home. And a lot of what I'm going to talk today is your responsibility. It's all of ours. This applies to every one of us. But as a father in the home, this falls on your shoulders. So we've been talking about pressure. And that first sermon I talked about was really kingdom pressure, right? Like, like God is depending on us, the world is depending on us, people we don't even know are depending on us. That's kingdom pressure. Well, today I want to talk about cultural pressure because that's where that's where Paul shifts the argument to in Colossians chapter 2 and the cultural pressure that affects us. So I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. So so let me say this, welcome to p We are a conservative, Bible-believing Baptist church. Can I get an amen right there? That's not in case you're confused. Now, I know some of you hear me say that, and you're like, so, what's the big deal? Some of you hear that, and you say, well, obviously. And, and then there are people who hear that and say, what's a Baptist? Like, you don't know what any of that is, because it's, it's hard in our day, right? We don't have a, a clear, moral, spiritual compass in our day. One reason is we have so many religions in the world. If, some, if I were to ask you... Uh, How many religions are there in the world? I won't even ask you to guess because you would not come close. But the best we can catalog it, uh, there are about 10,000 religions in the world. 10,000 religions in the world. Now, 85% of the world's population identifies with Christianity uh, or Jewish or Islam or Hindu or Buddhism or some kind of folk religion that goes along with that that's 85 percent of the world as a matter of fact when you look at the religious map of of the world you you get a good idea of you know what we claim so for example blue is christianity and the darker blue it is the higher the percentage of christianity and green is islam so you kind of get an idea of where that is yellow is buddhism and you you kind of see where it's Uh, isolated Hinduism is the orange color Judaism is is the red color and it's one little dot right there Uh, uh, and then you uh, others unaffiliated no religion at all or folk religion that's 85 percent of the world falls in this map but there are uh, that's five there are 9,995 other religions some you may or may not have heard of because there are those that fall into maybe the major categories, and then there are just the weirdos out there. Like, for example, who would not want to worship the flying spaghetti monster? The name of this religion is called pastafarianism and they actually worship. It's starting the United States. Uh, about 20 years ago, and it's worshipped actually by hundreds and hundreds of people, and they believe that the flying spaghetti monster created the world 5,000 years ago, and that's their depiction of him, and it's called Pastafarianism, and it's a real thing, and so there you go, all right? No, no more strange than this one, and that is the cult or the religion of the invisible Pink unicorn, which if it's invisible, I'm not sure how they know it's pink, but they they call it a pink uni- unicorn, and they believe that this is a unicorn shaped goddess. And one of the debates among her is one of her trickeries is that she loves to steal socks. So you think your socks are being eaten by the dryer? Actually, it's the uh, it's the pink unicorn goddess, pink unicorn. And then there's Jediism. Which you've heard of it? It's been around for about twenty years. Where it's actually a recognized religion in Europe, that they their deity is the Force, and they worship the Force, and they believe it's a manifestation of God. And let me just stop and say, can I just stop and say this just for all of our sakes? Star Wars is fiction, right? The Force is not real. Now the next one makes a little more sense to me, and I want to say the name right. It's called. Presbyterian, not not almost like Presbyterian, but it's called presbyterian, and of course they worship who uh, none other than Elvis Presley. And if you are a presbyterian, it is and it's been around for a long time. You must look towards Las Vegas once a day, and at least one time in your life, make a pil- pilgrimage to Graceland in order to receive eternal life. One time a day, you have to look to Las Vegas, or well, one time in your life, you have to go to Graceland, and they actually have a Bible that has 31 commands in it, and all of the commands are centered around things Elvis like to eat, like bacon, Pepsi, and, and peanut butter. So, if you're looking for something other than Christianity, I would go with that instead of the giant spaghetti monster. Now, as strange as all that sounds, Paul was dealing with strange religions in Colossians chapter 2 as well. As a matter of fact, the, the town at Colossae was known for its fusion of religious influences that had come together, and so they'd kind of create this melting pot of Jewish and Gnostic and pagan influences, and they had developed in Colossae their own angel cult, that they worshiped the archangel Michael, and they believed that he had caused a, a spring with curing powers to come out of of the city of Colossae, and so they they worshiped the spring, they worshiped Michael, and there's this angel cult that was totally ridiculous, but it had influenced the Christian church. A lot of the people that had come out of uh, that cult were now saved and in Christianity, and then there were people that were trying to blend Christianity in with the local religion and just keep, you know, create one mega religion. And and Paul said, that's the worship of the culture. That's not how we as Christians worship. And so Paul took these four verses here In Colossians chapter 2, and he he said how we defend off the religions of the culture. How do we not give in to the culture's ideology? Well, stand with me if you don't mind as we read God's word to honor it. Uh, In in Colossians chapter 2, look, if you will, in beginning in verse number 3. And it's on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 3. Here's what Paul said. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are in the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Thank you. You may be seated. Before Paul warns them about uh, cults and religions, he's going to explain a little bit about Jesus. And by the way, let me tell you this this morning. If the devil cannot get you to reject Christ and die and go to hell, he loves to get Christians after they're saved to embrace nonsense and become ineffective for the kingdom of God. And so Paul's dealing with that. Paul is saying, hey, you are believers, you are saved, you are rescued from hell. But now here's what the enemy's trying to do. The enemy's trying to take its culture, its religious, spiritual culture, and he's trying to dilute Christianity with uh, its brand of spirituality. And hear me well this morning. We need to know this. You need to know this. That there is a cultural battle for spirituality going on in our day for the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. And, and here's what you need to know is that we all have to have make a decision personally about our relationship with Jesus and say no to all of the nonsense that comes out of our culture. Dad, you're responsible primarily for the spiritual protection of your home. It's your job to protect your home from the false spirituality of the culture. But listen, every one of us have that responsibility to, to protect our spiritual lives because for every one of us, Paul is about to tell us, every one of us have this tendency to slip and slide towards the spirituality of the culture. And so Paul takes in verses 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, five verses, Paul takes these and he, he tells us how not to slide. So let me give you three things Paul says today, this morning. Number one is, here's what he tells you, everything you need is in Jesus. Everything you need in Jesus. Look what he says in verse number three, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Treasures is uh, the word there, anything that's laid up for you. It's exactly what we think of as treasures and treasures. And here's what Paul is trying to say, that Christ is the only source for wisdom and for knowledge. And the Colossian church did not need to look to any other philosophy. Hidden does not, by the way, hidden does not mean secretive. But it's a play on the word treasures. Uh, Jewish writers would often use this word combination together, hidden and treasures. They'd use those words together speaking about uh, Christianity. And what they wanted, to, what they meant for the reader to do was to dig deep when looking for truth. Like a mine of inexhaustible and unknown wealth, the treasures of wisdom are all in Jesus, hidden. Not in order to remain hidden, but in order for you to explore and dive in and dig in to attain the treasures that God had laid up for you. So here's what Paul was telling the church at Colossae. He was telling them that you don't need another source for the spiritual life. Hear me, church. You don't need another source for the Christian life, you don't need another source for the godly life. Paul was trying to tell them that every single thing you need is in Jesus, and so he's not saying the Christian life is hidden, as in you can't get to it. He is saying the Christian life is buried, so that you can dig into it, and you'll find out when you dig into it, when you search for it, that every single thing you need is in Jesus. And so there were people coming along to the Class A Church, and they were saying, "Well, Christianity's good, Je- I man. Jesus." awesome we love jesus but let's take jesus and let's marry him with some other things and that's where the real treasure is and paul said no that's not it the real treasure is in jesus and jesus alone everything you need to live a spiritual life and connect with god is found in jesus i mean we don't mind digging if we think there's a prize on the other end i wonder how many of you ever saw that uh, have seen that series the Curse of Oak Island. Uh, it, 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 the curse of o- Oak Island is the story of a 100-foot hole in Nova Scotia that that may contain money may contain the Ark of the Covenant, nobody really knows. It started back in 1795. Two teenagers saw from the mainland out on this island, they saw lights at night lighting up on the island, it made them wonder, and so uh, they they the next day they rode out there only to find a hole that became known as the money pit, is what it's called today, and they dug down in it and they found a two-foot circle of stones, and 20 feet down they found a, a pit that was covered in wooden timbers which was a real unusual for the island and that's where their story ends and it was the 1800s when a company called the Onslow Company came along and they uh, dug even more and they found as they continued to dig platforms every 10 feet as if somebody had built a hole into the ground and that finally they dug and they when they were digging they found layers of putty, charcoal, And here's the kicker, coconut fibers. Well, the funny thing about finding coconut fibers is there are no coconuts within 900 miles of Oak Island. And so they said, this must be a buried treasure down there. And when they finally got down to 90 feet and had dug it out and kept finding all of these layers, they found a stone that had some kind of cryptic markings on it. And and they, they, they sent it to a professor in the 1860s. And he deciphered it, and according to him, uh, the the message said, 40 more feet down are 2 million pounds of gold. Somebody else interpreted it, and they said it was a Coptic Christian message that said, you should be loyal to Jesus. So money, Jesus, it's one of the two. But it's so famous that even today, the History Channel just did a whole series based on it. And when the History Channel did a series based on it, guess what they found? Nothing. Legend says, I don't know where the legend says, I don't know where the legend comes from, but legend says, seven men must die before the treasure is found. So far to date, six men have died. So, Dad, if you're willing to give your life, let me know. I'd like to go right behind you. The fact is, here's what most people say they are looking for a treasure that simply does not exist, it's not there. They can dig and dig and dig and dig all they want, but there's no treasure at the bottom of the hole. And can I tell you that our culture is doing the absolute same thing. They are looking for a treasure treasure that absolutely does not exist. That's what the whole world is doing with their spiritual life. They're digging in the wrong place. They're diving into the wrong place. They're treasure hunting in the wrong place. As a matter of fact, our world will insist on looking everywhere but here. And all you need to know about this life and the next, everything you need to know about connecting with God in eternity is found in Jesus in this book. You don't need another religion. You don't need extra knowledge. You don't need a guru. Uh, You don't need an Instagram influencer. You don't need a televangelist. You need Jesus and the Word of God. And anytime anyone tries to add anything to Jesus, get away because you don't need it. Listen, there's some of you here today far from God. You've never been saved. You're not a Christian. You're not 100% sure heaven's your home. And can I tell you, you're guilty of the same thing the Colossae church did. You're trying to help Jesus out. And you'll say, "Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my life right, and then I'm going to come to Jesus because He's going to need my help. Or I'm going to clean my life up, and then I'll come to Jesus. Or I'm going to fix some things in my life. Or I've got some things I got to stop. Or I've got. Some, I want to start coming to church, and then I'm going to give my life to Jesus." Can I tell you this morning, church? Jesus does not need your help. Everything you need is in Jesus. And if you're a Christian, can I tell you this this morning? Quit looking for something that no one else knows. I've always had you find, you know, Sunday school teachers in churches and Christians in churches who, who say, uh, preacher, I found something nobody else has ever found. Well, I don't think so. As a matter of fact, if you found it and Paul didn't know about it, then you found the wrong thing. If you found it and one of the apostles didn't know about it, you, you didn't find the right thing. We don't need to find anything new. We need to dive in, dig in to the revelation that God has already given you because everything you need is in Jesus. Don't give into the culture that tells you you need Jesus plus this or Jesus plus this makes you spiritual. No, Paul said every treasure you need is found in Jesus. Second thing Paul told us about our spiritual life is this, is that the devil almost tells the truth. Look at verse number 4. Here on the screen, he says, I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. Arguments that sound reasonable. That that word deceive there in in the Greek is a word that means an accounting miscalculation. It's where somebody does math wrong, and then because that math is wrong, they continue to do the math underneath it, and everything else is wrong because the original equation is wrong. And Paul's telling the Colossae church, listen, if you buy into the culture, here's what the enemy will do. The enemy will come along and he'll almost tell you the truth, and uh, but he'll give you a half truth, a half lie. And because of that, because that formula is wrong, because that equation is wrong, everything that builds off that's going to be wrong. As a matter of fact, Paul said, it is an argument that will sound reasonable. An argument that will sound reasonable. An attractive argument but false argument can i tell you what our problem is with the world in which we live in is that the spirituality of our culture is kinda true i mean there there are good elements mixed in with it Uh, for example we, we we see some of this ralph waldo emerson said this make your own bible Select and collect all the words and sentences that in all your readings have been to you like the blast of a trumpet. You read that quote and it, I mean, it sound, almost sounds good, right? Like make your own Bible. Just, just write down p- things people have told you and man that have impacted your life. Well, the trouble with that is the things people have told me may not be right. Things like follow your heart is the worst advice known to mankind. But but if you write it down, oh man, that really—it sounds okay. John Lennon, of Beatles lore, said, "I believe in God, but not as one thing, not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us." Well, number one, I don't know when God got old, uh, but it—it sounds—it sounds okay, right? That, that that God is something inside all of us. And we hear that mantra repeated over and over again if I, in our culture that God is in all of us. We are all part of the spiritual collective. I mean, we hear that and it, and it has some of the right words in it, but. And then Oprah says, spirituality for me is recognizing that I am connected to the energy of all creation, that I'm part of it, and it's always a part of me. Huh? What? That, I mean, it, it sounds spiritual, right? And our culture hears all that without knowing the truth, and it, it sounds great. And, and, and there are parts of that that are kind of true, but the problem with being kind of true when it comes to your walk with God is kind of true is 100% false. And the devil's not dumb enough to try to turn everybody into this room into Satan worshipers. He's smarter than that. He knows you would never go for that. He knows you'd never bite that. So what he tries to do is dress his philosophies up, as uh, Paul said in First Corinthians, as an angel of light. And our culture will tell us a half-truth and a half-lie. But a half-truth and a half-lie are 100% false. And what happens is you think you're getting a great deal. When actually, what the enemy will do is let you bite into the hook of the spirituality of the culture, and then he'll pull the rug out from under you. Did did you hear what Charles Schwab did the other day? Charles Schwab, the other day, this lady, Keelan Spadoni, she went to her... um, Uh, ATM and she withdrew or tried to transfer over $82.56. $82.56. But there was an accounting error at Charles Schwab and they're not sure how happened in the computer thing, but what got transferred over was $1.2 million. And believe it or not, she did not report it. And so the company realized the mistake in less than 24 hours, and uh, when they went to correct it in her account, all of the money was gone, and Keelan was not answering her phone. (laughs) She was busy, of course. She had $1.2 million in her account, right? Right. And so they couldn't get a phone, so they, they literally put out, filed a criminal complaint, and she had an arrest warrant issued for her arrest. And less than 24 hours after that, they picked her up, but she'd been busy. She hadn't had time to answer the phone. She had already bought a new house and a new car in less than 24 hours. But she went to jail, and they got their money back. And I read the story, and I thought, that's exactly what the devil does to you. You know that. He does it to me. He promises you millions, and when you buy it, he takes it all away. Some of you here today, you've bought the half-truths of the devil. What are the half-truths of the devil? Do what makes you happy. Right? If you just do what makes you happy, then you'll find happiness. But nowhere can you find anybody that that philosophy has worked for, though it may sound good. It never works. And Jesus would say, Happiness does not come from the pursuit of happiness. Happiness comes from the pursuit of holiness. But do what makes you happy and we bite into it. Or or how about this? You only live once. Eh, Not true. You're going to live once in this life and then you're going to either live for eternity or die for eternity in a place called hell. Or, Or how about this? You need to live your truth. Can I tell you this? I hear that all the time. You live your truth. Can I tell you this? You don't have a truth. There's only one truth and it's found right here. You don't have your truth and their truth and my truth and I'll live my truth. Oh, singers love to talk about this mess. You live your truth. There is no your truth. There's only truth. Two plus two is four. That is true. Right? You say, well, my truth is two plus one is four. Well, you're, you don't have truth. That's your false. Or or how about this, life is what you make of it. No, no. Life is found in Jesus. Or How about God is inside of you? Or how about sin is fun? Right, you hear that? The devil will convince you sin is fun, and it's a half-truth. You know why? Sin is fun. The Bible even acknowledges sin is fun, but finish the Bible, The Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a little bit of time. And then sin is devastating after that. Or how about as long as I'm not hurting anyone, it's okay. False. It's an affront to God Almighty. What about I, I can do what I want now and find God later? No, there's absolutely no reasoning behind live how you want and jump on God's bandwagon at the end. It doesn't work that way. So the Bible tells us that Jesus said, John 8:44, "When the devil tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. Lie, lie, lie. That is exactly what he does. Can I tell you that you will not find a bigger or a better liar than the devil and the culture he controls? He'll give you reasonable arguments. But they'll all send you to hell. They'll all cause you heartache and disappointment. They'll all ruin your life. They'll all hurt you and the ones you love. They will mess up your family. Hear me, don't give in to the lies of the culture. And some of you are here today, and you've already bought some of those lies. Some of you are watching online, and you've already bought some of those lies. So what's the alternative? The alternative is number three is, Paul said, don't learn what's Wrong, learn what's right. Verses 5 through 7, just read the highlighted parts. He said, Continue walking in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith just as you were taught. We have this tendency to to want to go learn all the untruths that the culture throws at us and disprove it. I'm all for apologetics. I get all this, but that's not what Paul said do. Paul said don't go learn the culture's ever-changing spiritual uh, formula. Here's what you do. You dive into the Word of God and you put them on the defensive. Paul said you be rooted, built up, established in the faith. How do you combat all of the junk the world throws at you? How do you combat All of the lies of the devil. How do you combat all of the philosophies of our culture? Here's what Paul said. Just do one thing. Learn the truth. Dive in. Don't give in. Can I tell you this? The problem with our churches today is the people who sit in our pews every single week barely know enough Bible to see it, recognize it when we see it. We barely have enough of a foundation. We're barely rooted. We're barely, barely, barely educated enough on the Word. I, I heard somebody say this week, this week I heard somebody say, I won't even repeat what they said, but I heard somebody say this week, you know, well, like the Bible says, and then the, the next words out of their mouth were totally not from the Bible. And Paul said, here's the problem, you are not rooted and built up and established in the faith. So you know what I can tell you, church? How do we ward off the spirituality of the culture that comes at us 100 miles an hour? I read last night. I, I don't like to call names. I did a little bit this morning. I read last night about the spirituality of Taylor Swift. You say, why would you do that? I don't know. I went down a rabbit hole, and that's where I came up, was the spirituality of Taylor Swift. And I got on to where she called, you know, she wrote a letter to the Tennessee governor and said, I'm a Christian, but your Christianity doesn't, is not the way. Uh, no, no, no. Her version of Christianity didn't resemble this book whatsoever. And I thought, here we got a 20 year old girl who's trying to teach us theology in three minutes through a song, and she knows nothing about this book how do we ward off the spirituality of the culture that claims christianity oftentimes but is so far into this paul said dive in don't worry about what's wrong learn what's right close your bibles and i'm i'm finished Amazon, how many of you bought something from Amazon the last week? Let me see your hand. You bought something from Amazon last week? Last week? A lot of us. Amazon sells over 12 million products just themselves. But when you add in all the third-party sellers, they have, they, Amazon sells 353 million products. 353 million products. If you break that down, it's like 44 million books, 10 million electronic devices, 6 million Uh, kitchen and home appliances. It just goes on down the list. Music, six million music items. I mean, all are on 3.7 million tools, men, if you need something for Father's Day. And they ship, get this, they ship an estimated approximately 1.6 million packages a day. That works out to more than 66,000 an hour and over 18 packages per second. Amazon all on their own but it didn't start off that way the first product ever ordered on amazon the very first product has been uncovered the title of it was flu. it was a book and the title was fluid concepts and creative analogies computer models of the fundamental mechanics of thought by douglas Hofstadler. one of you probably ordered it didn't you <laughs> No, a man named John Wainwright was the first customer. He didn't even know he was the first customer until later on, and they tracked him down. He bought it on April 3rd, 1995, and they went from one product in 1995 to 1.6 million packages per day. That's growth. That's growth. In a 25-year period, that is phenomenal growth. Amazon started with one book about computer concepts. And today they have 350 million products. And today they ship 1.6 million products per day. All by doing one thing just digging in and doing what they do well. How would that compare to your Christian life? said, listen, one reason we aren't stronger in our faith is we just haven't done what Amazon did. And that's just dig in and get better and get better and get better and get better. We're over here one minute. We're over here the next. We're doing one thing one minute, another thing the next. And Paul said, hey, the spirituality of our culture is on the attack. And here's what you need to know. everything you need is in Jesus and Jesus alone. But now listen, the devil almost tells the truth and you have to be aware he mixes it in. So how do you how do you discern the difference? Well, you dive in to Jesus and your Christian life will grow to be more than you could imagine. Would you stand with me? your head's bowed and your eyes closed. Some of you here today, and you need to up your game in your spiritual life. Some of you here today, and man, you come to church, you're here a lot of the time. You, you may even come to a few extracurricular things, but have you really dived into the Word of God? Or are you buying too many of those lies of the devil? Half-truths of the devil. Some of you here today, you're not even a Christian. that's the most important decision you can make. If you're watching online, Jeremy has a word for you just now.
1: Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that incredible message, and it's such a reminder to us. You know, here's the deal. We can be chugging along in our life spiritually, being obedient to God, understanding that God is all we need. The truth is, Satan is going to do his best to get us off track. Man, we need to be vigilant. We need to watch because he's tricky. Um, Because he doesn't tell the truth. Uh, He he makes sin look good, but he doesn't tell about all of the consequences of sin. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves trapped with a lie straight from the devil. So be on guard. I wanna encourage you to be on guard in um, your spiritual walk with Jesus. And maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, one of the greatest things we have is we have the Holy Spirit living inside of, it, uh, inside of us. And he, the Holy Spirit is there to convict us and warn us and help us avoid the pitfalls of Satan. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, it's as simple as you understanding that you're a sinner Every single one of us born since Adam is a sinner. We have to be willing to admit that. We have to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried on the third day. He rose again, conquering sin, death, and hell so that we can have a relationship with him. And then thirdly, we need to confess him as our Lord and savior. The Bible says in the book of Romans, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. If God's spoken to your heart and you need to give your heart and life to Christ, tell God this right now. Father, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I confess my sin to you this morning. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my savior. Lord, I give my life to you in jesus name if you prayed that this morning for the very first time we want to connect with you we want to help you take your next steps in your faith journey with jesus and so if you would uh, we've just dropped a link in the chat box that says i commit my life to christ if you'll click on that link we're going to ask you for your name your email address and your phone number. We want to connect with you. We've got some resources that we're going to send you that are going to help you. You don't need to be on this journey alone. We want to be here for you. Hey, it has been awesome uh, to be together this morning and to worship online together. Um, I'm thankful for you. I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week.